Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. Greetings. How you doing? Did you miss me? I didn't think so. I've been gone for a little bit. Been on a bit of a hiatus. I'm trying to just get back on the horse today. Um, this is an interview from a bit back, uh, Timothy Styles. I got to talk to him last summer. Awesome guy. Uh, go check out his EP. Um, also, check out his own podcast, uh, Timothy Styles versus the Universe. Also, his stuff he's done with a big friendly corporation. Um, Music-wise, he played bass. Also, he was on their podcast. Uh, he hosted their podcast, co-hosted. Um, big friendly radio. Uh, but yeah, baby steps. Baby steps. Let's go to the conversation. Baby steps. <laughs> someone else's gear so yeah so I, I i don't know if you like me sometimes i get weird when people get too close to my mics or oh uh, no is this just whatever you know you play live with bands and stuff yeah and oftentimes it's shared microphones yeah so knock yourself out okay you know god if you ever you know like played live and you smelt like if they have one of those foam deals over the microphone and you smell it like uh smells like 800 stinky punk rock bands yeah i remember um i used to play back in a few bands and yeah even the the wire ones like this it right there'd definitely be a funk coming off them and uh it's not like a materialistic thing like don't get near my mics it's, right. it's more like a I, I probably use the wrong mics but you know they kind of get poppy sometimes right. pretty easily you know you know, some people are like, uh, you know, they they smell a microphone. They're like, ugh, and they're maybe they're hopped up on germs. So yeah. I'm not. I I'm no. um, cavalier when it comes to a lot of I don't know health based things. I, I mean, as you could see, I am peeling from a a really nasty sunburn like, yeah. on my face and everything because I went to Laguna Beach last week. Yeah, and. Uh, I took a John Wayne approach to sunscreen, which is, I don't need this shit and get out of my way. I'm getting in the water. <laughs> you know? And now I'm like paying the price because, uh, you know, I went into the ocean the first day and I just stayed in for six hours. Yeah. And then day two, I was like, all right, let's do this again. And then by night two, I was like, I think I really fucked myself up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, day three, I didn't even get out of bed. I just uh, stayed <laughs> indoors with the shades pulled. I'm already kind of over the hump. Like, the pain is gone, and now it's just... Now I'm trying to peel gracefully. Of yeah. course, it's fucking disgusting. Anyone who sees it, they just go, ugh, gross, you know? I'm past the point where my face looks messed up. Yeah. Which is good. So, were these microphones, are they for more uh, band recording, or did you get them for podcasting, or...? I specifically got them for... Um, podcasting. Yeah. Um, I think I I hit my 30th birthday, and um, I remember having the feeling that, well, it won't be too long before I'll be t considered, you know, like too old for rock and roll. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the, that's like the, the one thing that you just can't escape. Eventually you get 
old and and old equals uncool. Yeah. Um, and even though I was 30, I was just looking to the future. I was like, well, I need another creative outlet. The only other things I was really into was like pro wrestling and video games and all sorts of shit that I couldn't really ever get into. But mm-hmm. I listened to podcasts, like hours of them every day. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I got some stuff. And then I just, you know, like went out and picked things up like one payday at a time. Like yeah. got one microphone and then one mi- little... It was it wasn't even a mixing console. It was like a, a two track deal where you know one microphone goes in one side, and one microphone goes in the other side, and then when it comes out, they're in each ear. It was yeah. only like left and right. It was the dumbest setup ever. So I got it for podcasting. Well, it was a really long answer to your simple question. No, no, go. But go uh, I've used them more for music. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, there are people who are sticklers. Uh, in the music world, like, oh, you got to get yourself a nice mic and all this sort of stuff. And a microphone is a microphone to me. You yeah. know, I don't mind sounding like a, a shitty garage band. Yeah. Well, that's the best shit about, like, the Stones shit, you know? Mm-hmm. They 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 labored intensely to, to make sure they had this magical, shitty recording, you know? Right. <laughs> well, at least it seems like it. I mean, at the time, you know, mid and late 60s, they were using the best created shit on the planet yeah you know um i mean stuff was being invented just for these bands that were you know pioneering a sound that had never been done before i mean it was based in blues but it had never been done before and, yeah. and things weren't ever recorded that well i mean still to this day the techniques that george martin and the beatles created are still implemented today um but i don't have the money to carry on you know, uh, there's $10,000 microphones. And, like, my first album that I ever recorded and released, we went to a legit, like, music studio, and they had, like, a million-dollar mixing console and all this stuff. And the guy, mm-hmm. the the recording engineer is like, so what do you want to sound like? And I said, uh, I mean, he said, he said, why don't you, uh, you know, maybe pick out a CD or some band that you want to kind of sound like sonically. And bring mm-hmm. it to me. And I was like, oh, okay, perfect. And we were a sleazy blues kind of punk band. I, so I brought them John Spencer Blues Explosion. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about like their earlier stuff, it sounds like fucking garbage. Yeah. Um, and that's what I gave him. Yeah. And that's what he reported back to me. Hey, man, this stuff sounds like shit. I go, exactly. <laughs> that's what I want to sound like. He's yeah. like, uh, well, uh, and... <laughs> so we yeah. would record. He goes, "You want to use this uh, ten thousand dollar microphone or this hundred and fifty dollar microphone?" I said, "Give me the hundred fifty dollar one." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then when we were, you know, mixing and stuff, like, "Hey, man, you're mixing it like uh, I'm Celine Dion." You know, vocals way over the top and everything, so pretty. You know, uh, muck it up a little bit. Yeah. So there, it took a lot of like, <laughs> it, it's silly. It almost took a lot of tricks just to make it sound crappy. Um. Uh, so now I just, uh, uh, Brian Garth of Black Camaro, mm-hmm. who's a, a guest on my show and a contributor oftentimes, he's constantly on me like, you need to get uh, Logic Pro, you know, or you yeah. need to get an Apple and all this stuff. Like, man, one, I can't afford it. And two, I, you know, I'm kind of fine with what I have. Well, what'd you start doing first? Because you started, was, was Big Friendly Radio the first podcast you were involved in? The first podcast I did was called... Um, uh, it's called This Week Sucks. Yeah. And uh, it was co-hosted with the uh, 
big friendly corporation drummer at the time, Mike McDonald. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, you know, it was a sort of weekly pop culture roundup thing, and we had no interest in having any guests. We just wanted to get together every week and make jokes, you know. Yeah. So, and we would do a lot of show prep and do whatever we thought was fun. And it ran for about six months. Um, and uh, they're very funny, but um, the problem was that no one was listening, and it was bothering me a little bit. Yeah. But we had made the conscious decision that. We wanted something separate from our own band. Mm-hmm. Um, but after six months, it's like, well, you know, I'm sure these 10 people really like it, but I kind of want more people to listen to it. Well, what can we do? Well, maybe we should embrace the band and all the fans, you know, because they had like hundreds of fans. Yeah. And uh, so I came up with the concept of uh, Big Friendly Radio. Mm-hmm. And. They were almost identical shows, except for that Mike didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, he he specifically said, I don't like coming over to your house and listening to you yell and complain for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, uh, Melissa Marth of uh, Big Friendly stepped in, and uh, and she's turned into a, a good hand on the microphone yeah. since then. I mean, we did that show for like three years and she's involved in your current one too right like she she's a reoccurring guest i mean i mean i asked her personally um a while back like i want you on every show because i just she knows what buttons to press in me to get me going or and and we've done so many shows together that she just gets it yeah yeah we did um something like 70 numbered ones there were a few uh that were unnumbered because mm-hmm. they were uh, specific to some sort of thing, like the Las Vegas music scene special or the Christmas special, or you know, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, done a lot. I've heard myself talk and probably tell the same stories way too much. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially if they get to a certain age like me, where you're 30 and you have a wife and a daughter, and you probably spend your your nights at home, yeah. and you're not sort of going out and getting new experiences. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, you're going to run out of stories. So uh, <laughs> I've sort of run out of stories, and now I'm talking about, I don't know, specific things. One story both Brian and I enjoyed, I forget. I think you told it on the, the Facebook episode, was um, mm. uh, where I, I don't think we should name the company because uh, Brian and I might be associated with the company, or at least... W- our company owns the property. Right, I get it. <laughs> I, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Uh, no, I told the story of how I was fired by a specific casino for using their company computer for internet porn. It was their claim. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, was not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was in the virgining days of MySpace. Yeah. And they didn't, I mean, people, I don't think, remember MySpace very much. Uh, but, I mean, it was all based on HTML code. You could, yeah. Instead of making a, a, a you know, a, a comment on a post or a thread or something, you could just post a picture via HTML code. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would go, <clears throat> this was during a time where I was booking my band, and I would go to, like, uh, other bands' pages and stuff like that, and and there would be, like... I don't know. I, and the, here's the thing. I would never see them. I would just be at the top of their page looking at all their information and their contact stuff. Yeah. But if you were to scroll down, there'd be, you know, all numbers of 
you know, pictures of, uh, you know, probably bad things or, you know. The dark alleys down. Right. And web. yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, uh, so one day I came into work and it was during a time where I was employee of the month mm-hmm. and they said, uh, uh, I was a PBX operator. So like all the hotel calls that came in would go through me mm-hmm. and I would either, you know, book your room or transfer your call or whatever. And, uh, and then I was working graveyard for a period, and um, so when you work in graveyard, you only get like ten calls a night, maybe because yeah. it's late, everyone's asleep. Uh, <laughs> so I was using the company computer to book my band and put together shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one day I came in, they were like, "Hey, you got to go to Human Resources," and it's like, "All right, cool, let's let's do this." And they were like, "We got to suspend you because you've been to all these websites." Like, huh? What the? <laughs> And I remember specifically one of the website, the, the one that they showed me was uh, TiaFashion.com, and it was for Tia Tequila, I don't know how to say her name, Tila Tequila? It might be Tila, yeah. Her fashion line, whatever that entails. Now I suppose it's a bunch of like swastikas and... <laughs> 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 like knee-high socks with a swastika band around the calf, you know? Why, is she like a Nazi? Or oh, you haven't heard about that? No, no. I know uh, I she's mean, pregnant? Or? Uh, no, I mean, first of all, she's full-blown nuts. Yeah. Um, I had assumed. But. I mean, yeah. She, anybody... Well, I shouldn't say anybody. First of all, if you get your pillows fluffed, there's probably some psychological stuff going on. If you're that attached to uh, physical beauty that you have to alter your body permanently. Yeah. And then there's the... I mean, I mean that was her thing. That was her whole gig on MySpace. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a diminutive Asian broad with uh, huge uh, boobs who poses next to cars and dudes love it. And, you know, you yeah. get yourself a million followers or whatever. Yeah. Well, once, and then that parlayed itself into a reality show on MTV, which was, I mean, if, if you want to talk about, like, the end of society, mm-hmm. like when, you know, Armageddon's coming, it's raining frogs, that reality show, it was like, <laughs> it was like, I don't remember the title of it, but it was like, it was like, uh, 10 guys and 10 girls all vie for, uh, you know, a combat for the love of Tila Tequila, where, and it was just like... If you could turn a black light on in, <laughs> on that show, it would just look, uh, you know, like a grease painting. <laughs> they was just them all fucking each other, yeah. you know. It's like, and it was like, this is. I mean, I was past the point of watching MTV anyway, but I can imagine yeah. it, that's just fucking gross. I believe it was a shot at love because you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I, I think that's what it was. <laughs> Very clever name. Yeah, but she ended up. I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago. So her fame dies off, and she goes yeah. away. You know, MySpace isn't a thing anymore, and everyone's on Facebook, and they're not so fascinated by some Asian lesbian. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what happens in the human brain where you all of a sudden go, you know, Hitler had some great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> that was her. That was her thing. But Tila Tequila's in the news. She thinks, uh, you know. Hitler's a pretty rad dude, and there was like pictures of her uh, that she put out in like uh, you know stormtrooper uniforms and stuff, and it's like whoa, wow. Uh, I mean, you know, she's not German or Jewish as far as I know, yeah. so she doesn't have a dog in the fight, but uh, it's still sort of frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. She's nuts. Yeah, 
Yeah, like the last time I think I saw her, mostly was that whole like ICP performance. That was. Oh, now this I don't know, but anytime someone says ICP, my ears perk up. Like, yeah, go on. You never heard about this? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh. Well, well, what's the the gathering of the Juggalos? Oh uh, God. Sh- she, I guess, you know, she had a music career. Yeah. Uh, she performed at that, and I don't... I, she I, has a music career. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you she sold more albums than I ever have. That, <laughs> that's the depressing part. Yeah. Well, see, you know, maybe you should get your pillows fluffed and... Oh, that's it. <laughs> see I how need, that goes. I need to identify myself as a lady. Get the uh, the knockers pumped up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go... And, but sorry, I digress. Um... So she played uh, the Gathering of the Juggalos. Right. Um, I, I guess they were kind of booing her and stuff. Oh, shocker! So, yeah, yeah. So she decided to go topless. Oh. And then they started like throwing things at her, like rocks and shit, you know. And yeah. and so like the picture, there were like pictures out of like her topless with like like gashes in her head, like trying to perform. And you're like, I think Damn. you just described my first show ever. <laughs> yeah. But instead of gathering of the juggalos, just insert, you know, sixth graders birthday party. <laughs> there, there were rocks thrown. I was topless. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. The funny thing, gathering of the juggalos, it's a huge thing. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, if you ever just wanted to take out the world's like, uh, you know, biggest population of like tweakers on the planet. Just yeah. send in a couple of you know speed sniffing German shepherds in there. <laughs> they would shut that thing down. I, yeah. I don't know what it is about juggalos. Uh, they all seem to be like the the white trashiest of human beings. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is because uh, uh, I'm like a professional wrestling historian. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's sort of a big part of that gathering of the juggalos, like because ICP they just love pro wrestling, which of course is a is a nice black mark on that whole industry. Yeah. So, so like you know, these great wrestlers go to do this thing, but I'm not stepping one foot onto a fucking you know a, a fairground where you know ICP is going to be. Uh, I don't know, rapping, singing, or what, well, yeah. whatever it is I do. There was a time where I, I, you know, where like Eminem was coming up, right? White rack, white rappers were coming back in vogue, and it's like, ooh, ICP, what's this? I remember getting one of their albums in like 1997. Yeah, and I listened to it and went, I, I guess this is fine, but it's you know, it's novelty. And then I don't know. Once one year passed, I was like, I never, don't never need to listen to this ever again. Yeah. It was just, ugh, yuck. And then, of course, they evolved into... Uh, I'll give them credit for being great businessmen. Yeah, yeah. Because they're able to do that shit all on their own. Definitely follows, like, the Gene Simmons. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a whole... I mean, their fan base is literally on a gang list yeah. for the FBI. I mean, that's how huge they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't say much for their fan base. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But, I mean, the, that's how huge it is. It's ridiculous. I remember the first time... I remember back in high school, uh, my the first buddy I had that got a car, right? It was a piece of shit car. I can't even remember what it was. I don't <laughs> think it was, like, a name brand by any means. You oh, know, right. Or, or, like, they just don't make a... That company is probably, like, well... I guess gone. it was a, a, a 1980s Chevy Celebrity. Ironically, never driven by any celebrities. But, like, I don't even think, 
<clears throat> like like the company was just I, I don't think it exists anymore. Oh right, right. You know? Right. Like like Saturn, but right, right. but like ten years. But like that. older, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was the first guy who got a car, so of course we were like riding with him everywhere and I remember him uh playing this one I C P C D a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but yeah, I remember one time he decided to take his piece of shit car out to do donuts in like the desert, you know. And I, I was kind of just riding along, going with whatever they're doing, you know. Sure. And and so he goes out. He tries to do like a full circle, and then there's like this tub in the way in the middle of the desert. There's mm. like a and and he gets the car out of control, and he's trying to like dodge this tub, and he clipped the tub, and then oh. like ran back onto the road. And, and shot over, like, the median. There was, like, a rock median, and he got his car stuck in the middle of this median. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. All to the soundtrack of ICP. <laughs> yeah, people don't want to... It's funny, like, uh, uh, there have been a few times in history where I've gotten on Facebook and just, you know, said, like, you know, tell me your, you know, guilty pleasures or, or shit you were into in the past that you would be embarrassed, you know. Yeah. And no one wants to do it, you know, and I'll... And I, I don't lie. I just go, yeah, I used to have every Creed, Creed album at one time. Yeah. Um, and then they just, you know, they <laughs> they were turned on, you know. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, yeah, I owned uh, an ICP album once. or And I still stand by, I think Limp Biscuit's first album is just fun. I think Wes Borland is, is like, amazing. Yeah, he's such a spectacular guitar player, you know. And sadly, history's kind of turned on that. I mean... You know, most people don't even know who West Borland is. They, no, no. They hear Limp Biscuit, they visualize Fred Durst, and they vomit, you know? Which is a shame, because standing just behind West or just behind Fred Durst and to the left is a dude dressed in a monkey suit with giant black eyes and face paint on, who's putting on one of the most entertaining shows you ever saw. Yeah. With some of the most interesting, I mean, a little dated at times, guitar sounds. Yeah. You know, because he's using, like, um, I mean, in recording, as I understand it, he'll use, like, an acoustic with seven strings and and, and detuned down to, like, a C and all this sort of ridiculous stuff. But, I mean, he gets it. He gets that um, stage shows are just that. They're a show. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people sort of, you know, a lot of bands kind of lose that that sort of focus they go well you know i'm a musician and people should care what i have to say and i'm gonna hit the stage and just fucking croon out my tunes it's like hey man put a little salt and pepper on this steak because you're boring as shit (laughs) yeah yeah my first band was all about that because we were um uh the band was called scorchamenza and um we were four nerds. I mean, literally, we would blow into your town, and we we could be caught playing Magic: The Gathering at a in a dark corner before the you know hours before the show ever started. Yeah. But then when it's showtime, we'd all get dressed up in like suits or whatever, and I'd have feather boas and all this shit, and and it was a whole big David Lee Roth, you know, and it was half of it was kind of shock. People would be like, "What are these?" fat nerds doing here and then you know we blow the roof off mm-hmm. but because c- i was self-aware knowing that it's a show it's not just about the music i wish it were but uh you know you gotta step it up a little bit yeah yeah you know one band i really like right now is, is alt j and i love their latest album but we saw them at at, at life is beautiful uh-huh. and i'm like you know 
I'd rather be sitting at home on my couch listening to the CD than watching these guys right now. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, they sounded great, but my feet hurt and they were they're, they're kind of boring. Right. You know? Well, that's the thing. Oh, God. I mean, modern recording methods have dictated a specific kind of sound. You yeah. know, we have to, you know, get all the white noise out of every track so that if nothing's playing, you hear nothing. Yeah. You know, and and we got to triple track a guitar so it just sounds like a big wall of distortion. We got to do, you know, all these sort of things so that your your music is radio ready. And then when you go, you know, uh, a major label band has to go and perform this, mm-hmm. there's no fucking way that they could sound like that. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. So what they have to do is get, uh, you know, ridiculous backing tracks, um, uh, of not just their vocals, but the instruments as well. Um, and, and of course we all know, you know, pitch correction and auto tune and melodyne and all these sort of stuff, uh, things, uh, to the point of where when you're watching a modern band perform, most of them, it's, it's like watching a fucking robot and they're just doing shit over, you know, the drummer's got in ears on and he's yeah. just following the click so that the the backing tracks can all stay in sync and you're not you're not seeing the band what they sound like you're seeing what they want you to believe that they sound like which used to be exclusive to records now it's anything goes you see it live you hear it on the record um it's kind of ridiculous yeah which is was never really my thing. I can hardly ever go see big like stadium shows or you know go to the hard rock you know the joint and watch a show. Um, you know I preferred going to like the bunkhouse because you knew yeah. what was going on in there was real. Yeah. You know there was no there was no faking it. Those people sounded that way. I don't know. I played the last show. I mean I must have played dozens upon dozens of shows at the you know before they renovated it. Yeah. And then I maybe played once or twice at the the new place, and I was like, "This is the greatest venue in town. I love it." Uh, yeah. To the point of where recently people have been asking me, like, "We well, want to see a Scorcher Men's reunion, including you know members in the band and stuff." Um, and I was thinking about it, like, "Okay, maybe we could just do a one one show for fun or whatever." Mm-hmm. And then that place closed, and I was like, "Well, that's it. You know, I don't want to go slumping around in some you know sleazy dive bar or something." Yeah. Because I mean the. That was like the first place in a long time where like the sound was right, the vibe was right. Uh, you weren't, you know, for you could sit outside and and uh, eat a nice little meal and still enjoy at least the sonic portion of it because it was piped through the speakers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, outside, so it closing down recently was like, oh, it's kind of a drag. And I actually I I was there at uh, Hassan's uh, record release show. I think that might have been the last one or one of the last ones at that place. It was mm-hmm. weird because I was like, man, this place is pretty packed. This is yeah. cool. And then like two days later, they were closed or something. Yeah. So another one bites the dust. I've seen so many like venues like come and go in like 15 years. Yeah. But yeah, back to uh, to kind of live bands, you know, it felt like maybe a decade ago it was kind of punk to see someone on a stage with like a laptop and uh you know drum pads and stuff and now it's i kind of want to go back to seeing bands you know yeah was it punk to see like a dude um doing a whole digital thing 
Well, it felt like when the Strokes came out, suddenly, you know, that felt like that felt punk, you know, because everybody else was Limp Biscuit, and then. Well, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, that was the there was a sonic revolution, whether people realize it or not. You, you're right. The, it, everything was new metal. Mm-hmm. and uh, rap metal, and basically everything was metal. Yeah. Everybody was playing in detuned guitars, um, playing super heavy shit. And it was a lot of the kind of thing where the guitar player has his guitar down by his knees, and he's hunched over at the back, and you know a lot of yeah, you know, yeah. bobbing up and down, and that sort of real tacky kind of shit. And then along comes these nerds from, uh, you know, they looked like they were homeless, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, from New York City, uh, who don't put in any of the effort. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're rad musicians. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, I don't know who the, what the guitar player's name is, Albert Hammond Jr. Yeah. When that guy fucking decides to do a solo, you have to fucking tie your panties down because they're going to fly off. Like, yeah. it's insane how great of a guitarist he is. And it's, so it's interesting to see them show some restraint and not just do shredding stuff all the time. They do very basic things, and then they pepper in these really complicated bits. So when they came out and they were putting on these sort of underwhelming shows where they just sort of stood there and, yeah. you know, uh, it was very shoegazy. It was very eye-opening at the yeah. time. Like, yeah, this is this is good. You know, it was garage. That mixed with the White Stripes and the Hives. I think the vines for a minute were a big deal, um, basically ripping off Supergrass. Yeah, um, it was a it was a nice time for uh, music because uh, I had had an assful of all that new metal shit. Yeah, and the fact that it's like still going on and like kids are just like you know they wear this super skinny black jeans and a, some sort of you know metal t-shirt or something and straighten out their long hair it weirds me out they yeah yeah it kind of went like into kind of like that screamo hardcore that right that kind of instead of like worshiping the, the new metal dudes they were worshiping like the old 80s yeah metal dudes i once you know? uh, heard an interview with um avenge sevenfold yeah um, and by the way, I'm not close-minded. I'll listen to anybody and hear what they have to say, because even if they don't agree with you or you don't agree with them, because, you know, there's something to be learned. But I remember they were saying, you know, who are your influences? And, I don't know, somebody in the band goes, uh, we, re- we really draw a lot of inspiration from Iron Maiden. And I, <laughs> I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. That was mm-hmm. like our go-to soundtrack for when we wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons in eighth grade. Yeah. Um... But I would never, in my wildest dreams, go, I'm inspired by Iron Maiden, and I gotta make Iron Maiden shit, because it's really corny, schlocky stuff, yeah. if you ever listen to that old Iron Maiden stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that Avenged Sevenfold is like, we love Iron Maiden so much, that's what we're gonna do for this, like, dude, that shit's, I mean, that's a, a point in time. I guess they turned it into a career. Yeah, yeah. Not my thing, really. Uh, a lot of metal is like math rock, you know. Yeah, it's it's all about the numbers where there's n- not a whole lot of feeling, and I just can't stand um, the the sort of screaming to scream, you know, to hear yourself scream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a bad time in music too, where you had the one guy who like droned on like. 
uh, and, and then the guy would come in behind him. Ah, woo, ah, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, God, the, 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 the vocal combo of moaning guy and shouting guy. I'm so glad that's passe. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last Friday, my my buddy dragged me out to go see Danzig at Brooklyn Bowl. Oh God! So that was that was interesting, you know. Was it? Gotta strike that off the bucket list. <laughs> so that's a, a humble bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I gotta see before I die? Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it's funny because you know like. I didn't realize that guy had such a following. I mean, I, I, I oh, think he might be more Jersey, but... Well, no, he has a huge following based off of the Misfits, I think. Yeah. Um, the Misfits, uh, face paint and, and hair gel aside, have great music. Yeah. And then Glenn Danzig goes solo, and he had that one hit in, I think it's like 1996, because the song was literally, I mean... That when it became a hit, it was called Mother 96. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a decent song. Um, it came out during a time where, you know, probably Nirvana was in my wheelhouse, so it was kind of weak. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, good music sort of stands the test of time. It's a good tune. I couldn't tell you any other song that he's ever had. Yeah. So, you know, he's just a, a weird metal dude. Yeah. Who's like as tall as, you know, Prince and, you know, yoked out and. Twice the weight of Prince, man. That guy's got gut now. Oh, has he got a gut to match? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was always kind of bulky. You know, he had like yeah. chest and arms and stuff. But yeah, it would make sense that eventually, you know, the gut fills out. A lot of these metal guys, they fucking love beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's in like his 60s now and, and the guy's. uh. You know, there was so much fanfare around it. You know, they had, like, three opening bands, and they had, like, the most security I've ever seen getting into the venue. It, it, really? It took forever to just get into the damn venue. That makes sense. And then they had they were making a big deal about photography. Like, people were taking pictures of the stage before the band came out, yeah. and security was getting on them, you know? And it's always kind of douchey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I... You know, people have their own opinions on that. I don't particularly agree with it. I think it's possible to be a band and not be a bunch of self-righteous dickheads. Yeah. Um, I guess sometimes somebody has to be the mean person and put their foot down, you know, but but to go, we don't want any pictures. By the way, uh, half of those pictures suck anyhow. Yeah, they do. Uh, whenever people go to concerts, and I'm guilty of this too, where it's like, I've got to take a picture or video of this. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sort of weird in that I haven't really fully embraced today's culture of, you know, sort of living your life through your iPhone. Yeah. And, and to a point of where I've rebelled against it. So whenever I see people just, like, filming shit, I'm just like, you're kind of missing the show. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, horrible. You know, and by the way, this shitty picture, what are you going to do with it? They, they're going to just post it on Facebook or Twitter or, or any number of things. And it's really just for likes. So these pictures and these videos that people are taking aren't really for memories. They're really for digital currency to to show how cool they are. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a weird sort of narcissistic society that that I don't encourage. You know, mm-hmm. take your phone and shove it up your ass. Fucking enjoy the show. No one gives a fuck. You know, you know that you are here. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
So the wrestling thing. So uh, this hmm. week there's been some some headlines in. Oh man, I'm so sad that you brought that up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Were you having a good Sunday until? I was having um. You almost forgot about it. Forgot about no, me. I couldn't forget about it. First of all, the Hulk Hogan thing. I mean, the whole uh, you know, I haven't listened to it. Yeah, him. Uh, I mean, for the people who don't know, I guess his phone was tapped by Bubba the Love Sponge, uh, yeah. which is a name, by the way. I would never know if it weren't for you know the sex tape and all this stuff coming up. Yeah, but um, you know, and then him. Releasing it to, you know, Gawker or whatever. Yeah. And so there's phone calls that he's had with people where he's yelling the N-word and I don't know, I haven't listened to it and I don't, I don't care to because, like I said, I just don't like getting involved in society on that level. Everyone loves to be offended and I don't. Yeah. I, I just think it just makes giant pussies out of everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I, if you look at, like, that Facebook culture, people... All the clickbait. Yeah, yeah. You won't believe what such and such said this week, you know, in a private phone call, you know. Um, so I haven't listened to it. Is it bad? Uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Even in private. It was eight years ago. You know, remember what you were like eight years ago? How much have you changed? Yeah. You know, maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. He's apologized, and I'm a very forgiving person. Yeah. But I'm a white dude, so I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not allowed to express my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I just keep my head uh, out of that stuff. Although I'm sure I'll have an episode about racism in the future. Yeah. Um, and see if I can do it and make it uh, funny as well as educational at the same time. <laughs> um, and, and not sound like just some awkward white dude. And- well, I, I don't ever sound awkward because I'm very unapologetic about things. Yeah, I say what I say and I mean what I say, and I, I just and if you don't like it or you don't agree, then go fuck yourself. I yeah. don't have time to go. Well, I'm sorry if you were offended. Fuck you. I don't care if you're offended. If you're offended, you need to get thicker skin, or you need to grow up, or you know, you need yeah. to fucking act like a man. Or if you're a woman, you need to fucking quit being a gossipy little bitch. Yeah. Um. It, I just, there's a lot of things about, like, modern-day society that I just, I you know, sort of brush off my shoulder and go, that's for you, yeah. dum-dums, you know. <clears throat> um, but, so, Hulk Hogan aside, and then Rowdy Roddy Piper died the other day, and Rowdy Roddy Piper was, like, a fucking personal hero of mine. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Piper was, you know, during the time of the 80s, right? Vince McMahon is going to make Hulk Hogan as his big franchise star. Yeah. And he's going to make all his entire roster lie down for Hogan. You know, go in there and put on a 15-minute exhibition, and then at the end, Hogan's going to kick you in the face, and he's going to drop a leg on your throat, and you're through. Rowdy Roddy Piper was like, fuck that. I ain't doing that shit. If he wants a win on me, he's going to have to fucking earn it. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, it's a worked ending. So he has to lie down. Um, but he never did. He never lost straight up. He was always, like, disqualified or whatever. And, you know, when Hulk Hogan would, like, Hulk up and, uh, you know, and, and people would be hitting him and he'd just stand up and give him the finger. No, you don't. Yeah. Uh, Piper never did that shit either. He mm-hmm. just fucking... And, but he was a short dude. Yeah. He was, you know, like your height. He wasn't, like, super huge. He wasn't buff. He had a big mouth on him. 
and he stood up to shit. And um, so, and that was his gimmick. I mean, he was known as like, you know, one of the great bad guys, but he wasn't a coward. Mm-hmm. So, oh, when he died, I was fucking floored. You know, I have a sort of personal Mount Rushmore of favorite wrestlers, and he's on that list. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, dude, I just totally bummed me out. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm at an age now where, um, you know, you have to start, and you don't even think about it when you're younger, like in your 20s, but you, you have to start preparing yourself that people are going to start, you know, falling off the planet, including your own family members. Yeah. Ugh, what a drag. With with wrestling for you, is it kind of a, like a youthful nostalgia thing? Are you still like following the mo- modern guys or? Um, I watch it. Uh, periodically, but it's not the same. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, it was real to me, right? So it yeah. was this... It was like, I'm watching combat with these really entertaining people. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you grow up, and, and of course, the business is exposed itself. But I'm fascinated with the history of it. Yeah. Because it's um, like a fraternal... It used to be a fraternal organization. It was very secret. You know, the people were led to believe for years that these guys hate each other and they go to the ring and, you know, they beat each other to death and there's blood everywhere and all this stuff. But, I mean, the, the, the truth was they were behind the curtain laughing and counting money and, you know, they had secret carny speak and, and it was just kind of fascinating Um that it was this sort of surreal way of life. Um, and then as it evolved and they exposed the business, now it's just evolved into this weird one-of-a-kind art form Yeah, where it's it's an exhibition of a fight. Everyone knows that it's fake. The, the people in the ring are trying to not convince you that it's real, but make you forget that it's not real. Yeah. And if it's done right, it could be very, very entertaining. Oftentimes, lately, it's done very wrong. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, like, the biggest fan. But, geez, I mean, I think everyone was, like, into Stone Cold Steve Austin in the 90s. Even if they weren't a wrestling fan, they were like, yeah, I know that dude. Yeah. Or even Hulk Hogan or, you know. Or, like, The Rock was kind of, he came up in the 90s. Yeah. Cool. Same time as Steve Austin. He was just yeah. entertaining. Yeah. He didn't even need to wrestle. You could just hand him a microphone and let him, you know, talk for 10 minutes. Yeah. He was funny, but in, and then but in the eighties, you know, that was kind of like the most where they had the most ridiculous outfits and the most colors and. Well, that's I mean, there's <clears throat> it, it depends on where you're from. So, like in the eighties, Vince McMahon of WWE fame made a move to um, take what was a territorial, um, uh, uh, we'll say, sport. And take it his his own territory and make it national. Before there was like something like forty territories around the country. There were mm-hmm. just different companies that operated on their own little business, and you didn't go into someone else's territory. And then Vince McMahon came along and said, "Well, I'm a fucking businessman. I don't give a shit about all these old, you know, um, traditions." And uh, he blew them all away. Yeah. Um, but Vince McMahon made a very childish product he made you know hulk hogan's wearing the yellow and the red all these sort of popping colors and stuff and i don't know if you remember like the ultimate warrior would come out neon everywhere he'd have it shit like 
neon shoestrings tied off on his arm and stuff. Yeah. At a certain point, and of course I'm getting older during like the early nineties, I was like, this shit's lame as shit. Cause I mean, I started noticing breasts and it had gotten to a point where it was so ridiculous that yeah. I just stopped watching. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was perfect that Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and stuff, they started talking like men and, you know, quote unquote, fighting like men. And it finally caught up to my age bracket. But now it's become a little bit more kitty again. Yeah. 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 Where are you from, man? Um, I was born in England. Really? But raised in uh, Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Like since I was probably, I don't know, three or five. So were your parents English? No. My no. father was in the Air Force. Yeah. So I was born in Lake and Heath Air Force Base. I think it's an Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. And my father had spent some time at Nellis. Yeah. And then when he got out and went back to Ojai, California, I think he had a falling out with my biological mother. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole thing there that that you know I don't even want to dig into that can of worms. I've purposely just gone. I don't want to know. Yeah, because I don't want my you know my vision of any of my parents to be you know screwed up. Yeah. But so I think he had a falling out with my mother while they were you know living in Ojai, California. So he decided to relocate with his kids and he moved to Las Vegas. Um, I remember him saying that he he liked the fact that there was no traffic. <laughs> and um but god so I've been here since like the the early 80s. Yeah. Um and the town has grown so much. It's Yeah. I remember I went away to uh, to go in the army after high school. And when I came back after 4 years, the town had like doubled in size. Yeah. And, like, some of the things my old neighborhood had been changed and stuff. It was weird. It's a huge city now. How old are you, man? 37. 37? Mm-hmm. So, do you remember what what cross... Ah, sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting! Yeah. Tongue-tied and such. So, do you remember what the first cross streets were when you, your dad moved you here? The first cross... Like, uh... We, uh where you grew up? Yeah, we lived off of, um... This is actually, I always like to say, I grew up on the wrong side of Boulder Highway. Oh. Uh, and most people hear that and they completely get it. Like, oh, yuck. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I grew up on um, Indios and Boulder Highway. Okay. Um, there's like a 7-Eleven there. And then there's a little neighborhood tucked back in there. I mean, it's technically a trailer park. It's weird. Like, they built, they built this street right off Boulder Highway. And they built actual houses. Then they built another street. Off of that street, and those are actual houses, and that's the the street that I lived on. Then they filled out the rest of the neighborhood with um, double wides and stuff. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't finish building houses, but they filled it out with double wides. So I won't claim that I lived in a ghettoy house. I lived in a decent house in a shitty neighborhood. Yeah, um, it was kind of cool. We had a park across the street and a swimming pool and like a you know a, a baseball diamond and. Um, but as I got older, there was like a lot of gang activity and shit like that. It's so funny when I hear about like, uh, people getting bullied today. I'm like, man, I used to fucking get jumped by like four dudes at a time. Yeah. I mean, people shouldn't be bullying, but 
it's just because there's a paper <laughs> yeah. trail now with with the internet, you know? Right, right. It's like, fuck, we went through all this shit, if not worse. Oh, that's something else I don't like about the internet: the fact that um, there are trolls. And trolls are essentially bullies. And I'm 37, as we've previously discussed. And yeah. a lot of these people are uh, exponentially younger than me. Yeah. Um, and there's no way for me to convince them. I mean, IQ aside, you know, just wisdom based on age, that I'm smarter than them. Yeah. And that bothers me till no end when I go, ah, you know, here's a fact. And someone goes, that's not right. And I go, well, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, all right, then forget it. Yeah, you can't let, like, some 14-year-old, you know, get you worked up. And what's sad is is that's what probably, like, 90% of them are. And, you know, you you don't know who it is because it's some guy with the whole Colgan picture and his name is yeah. Rowdy Bob Piper. <laughs> yeah, you know? Rowdy Bob Piper. <laughs> I actually, I mean, if you ever see my Facebook page, it has nothing on it. Yeah. It has a picture of there from my Laguna trip recently. Yeah. And that's it. And, um... Periodically, I might post something, and then at the end of the day, or maybe a day or two later, I'll take it down. I'll just erase it. Um, because I don't like people making judgments of who I am based on uh, you know, this alternate universe, Yeah, which is what the internet is. No one says or acts how they really do online, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a virtual world with no currency. I want my life to be based on real human interactions like what you and I are having now. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to um, judge me or think something about me based on a series of internet posts, you know, oh, this guy's a racist, or this guy, you know, he didn't vote for Bernie Sanders, or... Yeah. You know, uh, you have to meet me, and you have to get to know my character to judge me. I, I won't put it out there that, online, that I'm one thing or the other. As a person, yeah, mm-hmm. which goes back to the the Hulk thing, you know, or or even like the Bill, uh, I, 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 I <laughs> compare those two. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Bill Cosby's like, you know, obviously this was a reoccurring thing where he was violating mm-hmm. women, and it, right. it's it's like a total dark thing. And you know, I, I have to wonder too, now that you bring it up, whether it was more socially acceptable back then. I think that's something that people forget about. Not that it's uh, cool; it's yeah. definitely not cool. But I mean. Everyone in the fucking 70s and shit, I mean, they were all, like, hopped up on quaaludes and, like, finger-blasting each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 def- I have heard that argument a little bit here and Oh, there. it's not an argument. He's, he's, he's definitely done some bad shit. Well, uh, no, people make that argument that, oh, it was a different time. I, I, I've heard that with this Cosby thing. Right. You know, definitely. Of course, no one wants to publicly... It's always, like, behind closed doors and shit. Yeah, you can never... Uh... <laughs> It's so funny. People have to, you know, the Hulk Hogan thing. People go, now, I'm not saying what he did was right. It was wrong. Blah, blah, blah. They have to preface every opinion that they have with a quick apology. Yeah. But you know what? It was eight years ago, and I've never heard him say anything racist or be, you know, untoward towards African Americans. Or It's like, yeah, I get it. Just pick a stance and fucking say it. Yeah. You know, um, stand up for yourself and just say what you mean and if people don't like it then then that's all right you people aren't meant to like everything that you do yeah it's this uh boy i really sound like a crazed lunatic every time i say society but it is this society that we've bred for ourselves where 
people have to be liked by everyone possible because everyone's a star in their own mind. Everyone has a, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a sketch artist or I'm a musician or I have a podcast or I, everyone has something. Yeah. Um, or a photographer. And they can't have people out there not liking them. Mm-hmm. God forbid. Um, I just embrace it. If you don't like me, that I probably earned it and I don't care. You yeah. know, I don't have to be liked by everybody. The only people I have to be liked by are my wife, my three-year-old daughter, uh, a few select friends, <laughs> and, and the rest of the world is on their own. You yeah. Know? Well, like, I'm a big Kanye West fan, and I almost feel like... You're a big Kanye West fan. A big Kanye West fan, and, right. and most people... Uh, he's the scum of the earth. I know. Fuck that guy. He hates human... handicapped people. Did you see what he said here? Did you, did you click on this thing to see that video? And it's like, yes, I did, and... You know, as a person, I agree. He's probably a douchebag. If I had coffee with him right now, I'd probably think, hey, this guy's pretty big dick. Right. But, but I listen to his music, and, and you know, it's, it's in his world. It's, it's in his universe, and, and right. you see a little bit of, of where the crazy come, comes from, and, and you see that how he can turn it to a positive thing, you know? Well, the crazy is, uh, uh, first of all, I'll stand by the fact that his first album is a masterpiece yeah. uh, for hip-hop alone. I mean, music-wise, it's it's just fantastic. For hip-hop, it, it, it was the most original-sounding thing in decades. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he wasn't double-tracking vo- vocals and, you know, all this sort of, you know, it, rap until that point had been very much about being macho. Yeah, with yeah. a few notable underground exceptions like Most Def and Common and all this sort of stuff. By the way, they were all part of the same, you know, sort of Chicago family. Yeah. Um, Kanye West, his crazy <clears throat> comes from being a celebrity in the modern age. Yeah. You know, and the fact that he's an egomaniac. He knows he's doing good stuff, and he surrounded himself with people who are like, you're the fucking best, and you do good stuff, and you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, and and millions of people telling you you're fucking great, and eventually you could just create a universe in your own brain that that believes all that stuff. You always got to keep that one person around you to keep you humble. That one dude from the block that's like, "Hey man, I listened to your new album. Yeah, what'd you think? Man, that shit's fucking lame as hell." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Or you know, why are you going out wearing a fringe jacket? Yeah, you know, when'd you fucking grow up? You know, he, I don't think he has that person. And so his his reality is so twisted that he thinks that it's a good idea to go out and marry a fucking chick whose only you know claim to fame is sucking Ray J's dick on camera. Yeah. Um, you know that's the weird sort of world that we live in. Um, do I blame him? No. You know he's just a product of his own environment, like we all are, mm-hmm. except for that he. I couldn't speak to any of his later stuff because the stigma attached to him now, you know, just like I was saying earlier, I at one time had four Creed albums. Yeah. I don't have them now because the <laughs> stigma attached to Scott Stapp was so fucking negative that you can't say like, well, you know, I really think their first album's good. Seven out of ten songs were big hits and blah, blah. Oh, my God. You like those guys? They're fucking gay. And yeah. it's like... All right, fine. I'll throw him in the garbage, and thanks a lot for ruining, you know, my good time. I can't do that with Kanye West anymore, but I yeah. do keep uh, that first album tucked away quietly. Yeah, you know, for my own enjoyment. And he was kind of a dick from the get go, you know, yeah. in terms certain interviews. The uh, George Bush don't care about black people, or you know, whatever. And uh, 
Well, he's a guy who had um, his own opinions, like yeah. we all do, right? Yeah. Um, he's punk rock or gangster would be a more current term. You know, yeah. he doesn't give a fuck. If you don't like what he has to say, then kiss his ass. Yeah. Um, he's the exact opposite of what I was saying earlier about modern day society, how we all have to be like, so we all have to say the right thing. Celebrities and uh, musicians and all these people—they gotta say the right thing. They can't do anything that could jeopardize their album sales. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Well, he kind of—I think it's a little bit of both. He really wants to be liked, but also he really wants to be himself at the same time, and he really wants to say what's on his mind. You know, he doesn't really have that. Yeah, if you really think about it, I mean, just sitting here, I could sit here and, and sing my own praises about you know my work with the big friendly corporation and how I uh, you thought those two albums were you know two great masterpieces in the lexicon of Las Vegas music history um, people would go god this guy's really not humble and fuck him but I really do believe that stuff yeah um, a lot of people have the wherewithal to keep quiet about that sort of stuff or maybe they're humble or have humility I kind of don't you know I'm a mm-hmm. big mouth and a narcissist um, I know it and I embrace it and I just do what I do um, Kanye West is the same way, you know, uh, same thing with Brandon Flowers. Brandon Flowers constantly gets himself in hot water because he, you know, I think Sam's Town is the greatest album of the last 20 years. Yeah. Oh, you're a fucking douchebag. It kind of is a great album. It's not a great kinda. album. It's a fantastic fucking album. It might not have been the best album that year, but it was a pretty good album. What yeah. else came out that year? Or around uh, that time? I can't remember. I'll, <laughs> I'll say when you were young. Uh, that the that big single that was off of it, yeah, is a fucking amazing song. Yeah, and I know people, you know, they like to go, "Wow, it sounds just like this Bruce Springsteen shit." No, I don't. I'm a musician. I produce music. It's not enough for you to fucking make any legit comparisons. It's a great song and it's a great album. And the Killers were a band that I didn't even want to like, even though like a friend of mine is in that band. I didn't want to like that band. Yeah, because you know they were kind of hipster disco shit when they came out. Yeah. Um, turns out they just make good music. Now, yeah. the last one I can't speak for because it became a little bit too adult contemporary. Yeah, yeah. But um, but they're, they're early shits. Like, these guys are God, really good. you ain't real. If you are, then just kill me right now. Man, it's all a lie. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. So what did you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed sitting down with that guy. I might have been too sedate, but I had worked six days straight, and then I actually even went in for a few hours that morning, so I went straight to his house to have this conversation straight from work. Um, but you'll hear the other half next week or or maybe in four months. Um, but yeah, you're also listening to some of his uh, EP, the K-Fabe EP by Timothy Styles. 
uh, check it out. I think it's up on Bandcamp. Um, cool. Maybe see you next week or not. <laughs>